Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Sign of the Dollar. Today, I have with me a special guest on the other line. Uh, her name is Ruby Redpill. She has a, an account on Instagram with 7,500 followers. How are you, Ruby? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Happy to do it. So we had a couple things that we wanted to talk about. So firstly, would you like to tell my audience what got you into politics and what made you want to start a Politogram account? Sure. So um, I started my page, I want to say it was back in June 2018. Um, so yep. just about a year and a half ago. And I never really knew that it was going to become what it has. But I've always been pretty interested in politics. I was just sort of raised that way. And some things started happening in, in you know, in society that were just kind of getting out of hand, like we saw you know, Obama's second term, which was yeah. horrible. We, you know, um, Benghazi was a big thing for me that really mm -hmm. got under my skin. And so I started becoming more passionate about it. And then last year with the Brett Kavanaugh hearings and all of that stuff, I was really um, feeling very passionate about everything going on. And I just, I wanted, I wanted some sort of outlet you know, I yeah. wanted some sort of way to reach other people, um, to help people on the left see some of the hypocrisy that was going on. And then I wanted to find like-minded people that had similar ideals as me um, and like yeah. find a community. So uh, I started my page. I, I just picked a name that I thought would, you know, sound pretty good and <laughs> started sharing memes like crazy. And next thing I know... <laughs> Uh, I've become part of this great community and I have, you know, amazing followers and I've just, I'm so pleased with the way that it's, it's all progressed. Yeah, that's good. So you were talking about the Politogram community. We'll get into that uh, discussion in, in a second here, but I wanted to ask you, um, you said you were into politics from a young age, like you were brought up that way. Uh, would you yes. say you had a conservative upbringing? I did. Yes. Okay. I was raised in the South in Texas, and both my parents were Republican. All right. Okay. So you, you, you never had like a, a, a big change in your political ideology or anything of the sort. Well, yes, I did. There was a time when you know I think every rebellious teenager just wonders if their parents really know <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. And so there was a time when I was, you know, um, I want to say probably from. 13 to 16 where I was just I guess open and I was really okay. interested in learning about liberalism and stuff like that and Obama's very first term I did I, yeah. I do remember that I was happy that he was president and I remember that I okay. was you know like hey hey he's different this is progressive this is new um this is change that America needs to see you know I was <laughs> naive um but then yeah. of course it all just proved itself throughout his his two terms and things came to light and I was like okay well obviously my parents yeah. knew what they were talking about <laughs> and um I do align with the right and yeah so there was a time when I was more open but you know Benghazi happening was a really big thing that upset me and just the way that it was handled and mm -hmm. you know I kind of never looked back since then yeah so yeah d definitely I mean o Obama one thing that you have to give him is that he has that kind of charm that ropes people yes. in and people look at him and think oh he's such a nice guy he must be a good president as yes. well but <laughs> I mean and then it turned out to be just a, you know exactly uh, they reeled <laughs> yeah. you in and, and then <laughs> exactly yeah, and and as his uh, years progressed, I mean, I wasn't really into politics when he, you know, when he first got elected. But I have seen now, when I look back at it, that he started off as somewhat of a centrist, but then as the years progressed, he just went further and further left, especially for his second yes, term. Yes, and then like the scandals and you know, sending money to Iraq yeah. and and all that stuff. And yeah, he he made a fool us at the beginning, but we figured it out at the end, right? Yeah, well, not everyone. Not everyone. But, yeah, not everyone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
So uh, back to the Politogram community, uh, you, you were talking about how you see Politogram as a good outlet for your thoughts, and I can't uh, disagree with that. Definitely, I mean, in this age of social media, it's easy for anyone to just go online and share their thoughts, and you never know, they could reach a lot of people, and that's one of the great things about uh, Politogram. Obviously, there's also some not-so-great things about Politogram, like uh, oh, to toxic people and pseudo-intellectuals. So uh, what is your take on that? And has it been something, has it ever been that bad that you felt that you want to leave Politogram or take a big break from it? That's a great question. Um, and, you know, when it first started, I was like, wow, this is a great uh, group of people. You know, you kind of go into it a little bit trusting. You you want to make friends. You start joining group chats. Yeah. Um, with lots of other people with, you know, and, and let's be honest, like in Politogram, there is wildly varying ideals. You know, there's people very, very far right. And then you've yeah. got people more centrist, libertarian. I myself identify as a constitutionalist. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, so you meet all these different people and then you start to really realize who you gel with, who you don't. Um, yeah. people who are a little bit too extreme for you. And then there, there, of course, in any community, there's, there's always some bit of drama and yeah. I personally don't like drama. I tend to stay away from it as best I can. Yeah. But there, there are times when it just feels so toxic. Like everyone is at each other's throats or exactly. in fighting or whatever that, um, there are times when I'm just like, wow, I just want to just delete <laughs> my page and <laughs> never look back right but at yeah. the same time you have those days where uh let's say something big is happening in the news cycle and the quickest and easiest way to get a point across um is to make a meme i love making memes <laughs> i don't yeah. always share original ones i love sharing other people's memes too but um there's know, a special kind of satisfaction you get when you make a good meme for yourself Yes, and then when it goes viral or <laughs> yeah, whatnot, exactly. Because like sometimes you put ever. a lot of effort in a meme, and it turns out just gets like fifty likes, and you're like, "Oh shit, was it not that exactly. good?" Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, and then you, you know, you you create a meme, and then it goes viral, and so many people drop in your DMs, and they're like, "Hey, excellent meme," or "Hey, let's talk about this," or <laughs> you know, it opens a whole door of conversation with people. Yeah. Um, who would have otherwise probably not clicked on your name and not yeah. come to have a conversation with you. So I love it when anybody comes to my page and, and sends me a message. I don't care if they're, you know, on the right or on the left, or if they're somewhere center and maybe they just want to discuss a topic so that they can better understand where they're rooted. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the best conversations. Yeah. And those times when I run into people like that, that is really what solidifies for me that as a hobby that I need to keep up with it because I have met a lot of really excellent people. And some people, there are some people on Politogram that I talk to every single day now. Um, and we've just formed really, really strong relationships. And it really is like social media as a whole, we're using it to our advantage because it's the best way to reach people. Yeah, and I mean, memes, people, people, you know, if you told them like 10 years ago that memes would become the next thing, everybody would like laugh at you because people think- Exactly, you know, nobody would take you seriously. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> people think it's, it's just jokes, right? But it, it, yeah. the, the way that they can portray a message and get people of all ages, all backgrounds to, to, you know, laugh at something, but actually learn something from it as well and start discussions is just, amazing so exactly are the it really bridge, now, bridges so. all kinds of all kinds of gaps yeah you know? yeah uh, age gaps uh generational gaps it's it's pretty amazing what what we've been able to do yeah and kind definitely. of like curate um and i i like my page i like I, i've always tried to have the stance on my page where i'm gonna share lots of memes but i'm also gonna share like real news I do my best to make sure I vet everything before I post it to make yeah. sure it's not fake news. And, you know, that's that's a big issue um, in Politogram is like people are so quick to share things right yeah. away without vetting it first. And, you know, then there's all kinds of misinformation going around and uh, people getting into arguments. And really, like we all need to be like the the elections coming up. 
mm-hmm. we have some we have some big concerns going into this next election and I'm really hoping that the community kind of pulls together and we can make sure that we get good information across and we're not making ourselves look bad. Definitely. So the election is coming up and I don't know about like how you feel personally, but I have some major concerns going into the election cycle. And for me, what I, what I have seen, like, especially during midterms, cause you know, midterms was just, last year um my concern is that so many people are going to believe that donald trump has the election in the bag Mm -hmm. that they're going to become complacent they are not going to show up to the polls they are not going to rally their friends they are not going to try to inspire other people to get involved in the election whatsoever because they see Donald Trump's big rallies going on and everything and they see the crowd sizes and they're like, "Oh, no problem. We've got this." Yeah. Well, definitely. complacency is going to be our biggest our our well, not our biggest, but it's going to be a pretty big uh concern. And I just really want to make sure that I'm, you know, posting on my page and and getting my friends to post that we need to keep up that same motivation and that same that same steam we had going for Donald Trump's big win the first time. Yeah. And we just need to keep people inspired and make sure that they take the time to go vote because it is so important. Yeah. And then, you know, if, if we're not worried about complacency, then voter fraud is my next biggest concern. I have conversations with people about this all the time because there are hundreds of thousands of people in California alone who were found to be registered to vote that shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just one, that's just one example. Yeah, I have not seen anything being done about voter fraud on a level that makes me comfortable to think that it won't play a huge factor in the election. And I'm really hoping that we somehow can get a, get a handle on that before before it's too late because that is one of my biggest concerns going into this election okay yeah so uh i'd actually never really thought about what you had said earlier about people thinking that trump has the election in the bag but i but that i can definitely see that i mean even people who are ardently anti-trump i mean in my school i'm in 12th grade and most of the people in my school as you'd expect are uh mega anti-trump there's only about a couple other people apart from me in my class that uh, are somewhat moderate or somewhat pro-Trump. And mm-hmm. even the people who are anti-Trump. I mean, we have a, we have a teacher. Uh, he's a pretty smart guy. He's a nice guy, but he's a socialist and he has, uh, he, he's bordering communist. I mean, he has a bunch of posters of Stalin uh, in his classroom. So I, oh I, I really don't know what's going on because when I talk to him about his like philosophical views and all that, we have a lot of agreements and he seems to be in favor of individualism, but then he has pictures of Stalin on his wall, and I'm thinking, what's going on here? <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the point. Even people like him are are saying that it's pretty evident that Trump's going to win this next election. So right. e- even when Trump's most ardent opposers are saying that he's going to win, that's bound to make people complacent. And I didn't really think of it that exactly. way. But yeah, y- you have a completely valid point there. Yes. In regards to voter fraud, I mean, I don't know much about this. I've I've obviously had absolutely no experience, uh, like personal experience, because, I mean, I'm not a U.S. citizen. I've only been to the U.S. once uh, for a holiday, um, never lived there. So I, I don't have any firsthand experience. And from what I've seen online or what I've seen uh, videos and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I definitely think it's a problem. Uh, but I may be completely wrong, but f- from what I've seen, I don't think it's a big enough problem to sway an entire election. I may be wrong, but that that's my take on it. I hope not. And yeah. I hope you're right about that. I know that, um, like, especially in the blue states like California, I know that it, that's kind of where it almost leaned towards, like, Hillary winning yeah. um, before. So I'm really hoping that some of those hangups have been identified. I'm hoping that some some things have blunt have been implemented to sort of counteract 
because, you know, we don't need to have illegal aliens registered to vote. We don't need to have deceased people registered to vote, which have been two things yeah. that have been found already. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we can keep the momentum going uh, on the in the online community, keep people inspired, get out there to vote. Yeah. Um, make sure that if, if they can help people get to the polls and vote as well, that they're doing so. I have always been sort of of the strong stance of making sure that people get involved as much as possible. Yeah. I know that in my community, I am involved. I'm also registered as an election official. That way I can be as involved as possible just to make sure that things are are being handled properly and not and not mishandled. And I, I really I want to inspire other people to do that as well. Yeah. Um, I do run my page kind of differently, though. Like, I know a lot of people on Politogram are just sort of out there um, with themselves. And I know a lot of the women on Politogram specifically like to post pictures of themselves and stuff like that. I have in the past. Uh, there's a couple of pictures of me on my page. But for the most part, I like to bring in followers' interests by my content alone. Yeah. And um, I feel like that's been a really important sort of stance for me the whole time I've been very consistent in that so yeah I've just been doing my best to get in people inspired to keep them motivated to start those conversations that are difficult help people sort of understand where they may fall in any certain issue mm -hmm. and I'm hoping going into this election that we can continue to do that I only want to see things grow next year yeah. you know can you imagine like how wonderful the celebrations would be if uh, Trump did win again. So, yeah, I know that it would it would boost the morale of the entire community. So, I'm really hoping we can make that happen. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, as we're talking about the elections, obviously, you know the Democrats have the the best array of candidates that U.S. history has ever seen. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the candidates? Who do you think is going to get the nomination? And who do you think is the most sane? Or is there even anyone in the <laughs> primary that's so, sane? So, I don't know. Like, honestly, watching some of these debates and just watching these people play off of each other, I, I just laugh. <laughs> you know? Uh, I Like, when did... Uh, politics, let's be honest, politics have always been a bit of a circus, but yeah. this year is ridiculous. And I just listened to some of these people talk against each other or, or do some of the most cringy things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and and I, can, I can only laugh and say, hey, you're doing us a huge favor because you're all ridiculous <laughs> in your own way. Um, honestly, though, when it comes down to it, I believe that Warren could get the yeah, nomination yeah definitely she seems to be the most even though she's had the ridiculous you know um native american native yeah. american uh scandalous things going on with her and she she still does some really like cringeworthy things all the time yeah. she says some things that just kind of make me uneasy but um out of everyone i feel like if anyone's going to get the nomination it's probably going to be her yeah. biden is a mess <laughs> definitely <laughs> um, every time he speaks his poll numbers go down <laughs> i know it is a mess i i just can't with him harris she's a mess i can't yeah. stand her yeah definitely. um you know they they've really outdone themselves this year with the <laughs> entertainment and uh i enjoy watching it and i enjoy laughing but i do think warren will get the nomination and uh if I also have this weird feeling that like some sort of big key player is gonna is gonna possibly come into the mix, and I don't know if that means Hillary Clinton again or if that means Michelle Obama, but I don't know. I I kind of there are some times when I'm watching something and I just kind of get this weird feeling that something's gonna happen and someone else is gonna step in sort of at the last minute and try to steal the vote, <laughs> and I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Hey, I'm I'm because... I'm really hoping Hillary runs again. <laughs> That'll be really funny. <laughs> I know when she said this week that she was thinking about yeah. it, I was just thinking in my head, please, please do yeah. the memes. <laughs> the memes will be so wonderful. Exactly. <laughs> so see, yeah, if she I can beat him again. Did you really... see that? Yes, I can beat him again. Well, yeah, you she's definitely beat him in a fantasy world. 
Yeah, definitely. I just I I kind of love like how hilarious it all it all is. It's quite entertaining, and <laughs> it's probably the most entertaining election cycle I've ever witnessed in my life. So <laughs> it's quite yeah, worrying we'll as happens. well. It is. It is very concerning uh, like, when you think about it. I mean, some of the things that these people are saying were literally strawmans, and we have people who are actually fulfilling these strawmans. I know. <laughs> so it, it's wild, and yeah. I, I'm just like, well. And then what scares me is that there's a whole level of society on the left who who look at these people as leaders. Yeah. <laughs> And who who actually look at these people yeah, see, like they could be presidential. And I'm just like, are you looking at the same person that I'm looking at? Are you hearing the same words that I'm hearing? Because <laughs> that's a huge concern of mine. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Because if you have a few loon bags, I mean, that's totally normal. It's fine, right? You're always going to have a few loon bags. But if those few but loon bags have so much support, then that, that's very concerning. That is very concerning. Yes. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's been a wild ride just watching all of this unfold. Yeah, for sure. I've just been and, and you know, all of the weird scandals that, you know, have been going on. Like the just the Jesse Smollett thing. Yeah. Um the Brett Kavanaugh thing. Like since when in a society have we been able to just do whatever we wanted, break the law, lie, and then just kind of get like a slap on the wrist and, yeah. and move on from it and nothing happened. It's it's crazy. I mean, Hillary Clinton is a perfect example of somebody who's done terrible things and gotten away with them. Exactly. And I don't know if you have, have read or heard, but apparently this week it was discovered that the number of emails that she apparently deleted was more on the 300,000 side, <laughs> not, not the 30,000 side. Ooh. Yeah, I'm still looking into that more because uh, obviously I want to I want to sure, learn yeah. some more about that. But um yeah, if that's true, like I I've worked a government job and I oh. I know the trainings that you have to go through in order to handle any type of classified material whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And you go through these trainings annually, sometimes twice a year, they teach you how to handle all you know confidential or sensitive materials and so for her to just be able to do what she did and and just completely walk away from the whole thing yeah it blows my mind yeah it's crazy so um as we're talking about the democratic candidates i'm i'm, I'm sure you saw uh when beto or uh, robert said that he's going to take your ar-15s how do you oh, feel yes. about that so, um, you know, if you've anyone who's followed me for um, any length of time knows that one of my biggest passions is Second Amendment, right? Yeah. Um, I absolutely do not believe in any infringements of my Second Amendment whatsoever. Um, I enjoy shooting my guns. I enjoy owning my guns. So when he came out and was so just brashly like, we are going to take your AR-15, <laughs> I was pretty much getting ready to like become a boogaloo girl at that point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go load up some gear <laughs> and I dare you to try to come and take my shit. I dare you. Let's see it. I want to yeah. see you try. Because... Americans love their guns. Yeah, and yes, we have gun crime. I don't think that it's impossible to ever eradicate gun crime. But the when you really break down the numbers, the gun crime is such a small amount when you compare it to legal gun owners. And, you know, the Second Amendment is so important. And for him to just sort of make that big statement like we are going to take your AR-15 like yeah. in my in my head I was thinking what are you thinking right now <laughs> that is not a winning strategy Beto yeah, that is not a winning strategy so um I thought he was very brave for saying <laughs> something so stupid <laughs> and it's it's funny because uh I'm sure you've seen the clip of him saying a year ago that he, he'd let legal gun owners keep their guns and use them responsibly. Right. So yes. he's clearly just pandering now with the Spanish, with the... With of the, course. So It's all about, you know, saying whatever they have to say, kind of swooping in at the last minute, changing yeah. whatever they need to change in order to get the support that they think that they need. Yeah. And that's just going to hurt him in the end. 
I honestly think that he completely ruined any chances he had by saying that. Yeah. I mean, because... I mean I'd say every every politician almost at least is somewhat guilty of doing something of the sort where you're some flip flopping. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean to the extent the pandering that Beto is doing is just like it's the next level. It is. Yeah. Um it's ridiculous and he's probably my least favorite. Yeah. Out of all the candidates. I mean, it's really hard to choose the least favorite because they're all so bad. I know, they're all awful. <laughs> but yeah. the the one person who says that they're going to come take my AR-15 away, uh, I have a huge problem with that. Yeah, but I think, so. like, most of them want to do that, so... Oh, they all they <laughs> yeah. all do, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, with the red flag laws uh, that have been in discussion and everything, I haven't really been exactly thrilled about that. I've been, you know, reading and doing whatever I can to um, try to learn more about if that's moving along, if it's not like, you know, red flag laws are no good. And I know that, like, for example, Dan Crenshaw, he was my personal hero for a long time, loved him. Mm. But when he started talking about red flag laws, it immediately just kind of killed my uh, love for him because it does not matter like how controlled he he claims that the red flag laws would be or how you know quote unquote fair or you know r- so much policy written that it can't really be abused well we, you and I both know that that's just not that's not realistic yeah you know because whoever whatever policy is written sure okay let's say that it's it's written one way but as soon as somebody of different mindset takes power then they could easily change anything they want to, to to for it to better fit their agenda, and then you yeah, just have people, you know, getting their their stuff confiscated left and right um, for absolutely no reason, and then you know you have concerns with with people just making accusations wildly against you with no proof. Yeah, and then you know you, you, it, it's a very slippery slope from there. Yeah, definitely. Something that I I really want us to stay away from completely. So another very hot topic recently has been climate change, especially uh, Greta Thunberg or however the hell you want to say her name uh, and her her amazing movement. So I I recently recorded a podcast uh, about uh, about her. So uh, I'd like to know what you think about her. Sure. So uh as i've kind of watched this unfold i'm just sitting here like where did this girl come from you know she's what 16 she's from sweden yep. and she has asperger's yep. and she is suddenly the face everywhere about climate change activism yeah and i'm like okay well your parents are well to do people in sweden they've they've only adjusted their lifestyle slightly yeah. to try to help with any type of climate change right most of what she has done as an activist is just protest with signs and give very passionate speeches about how if we don't reduce you know greenhouse gases by 2020 which was is next year (laughs) that her generation is doomed and i'm just like you know, the science is not there. It's First of all, when I try to look up cl- anything related to climate change, it's very difficult for me to find much, much material that is not extremely biased. Yeah. It's, it's almost all biased and not a lot of like real science, mostly a lot of theory. And so when I just sit here and I'm, I'm like this girl, this 16 year old is suddenly being the given the key to Montreal, like the key to the city. You know, she's been voted like most influential person in some other countries and she's gotten her face on uh, the front of magazines. And yeah. and, and just, it, it's wild to me that we can take someone who, like she's not a scientist, she's just <laughs> a teenager. Yeah. You know, she, she has not actually done anything except protest. Um, and so the fact that we're not focusing on actual scientists or people or actual environmental experts who who know the facts um who can provide unbiased data for us to review Mm -hmm. um i don't like how society is basically putting greta on a pedestal when she doesn't really know anything and she isn't really doing anything to make a difference 
yeah but uh, i i don't think i don't think you uh you you hurt her properly you, you've stolen her childhood and her dreams <laughs> okay she, she how dare she, we she, yeah how dare you she 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 is living in sweden which is obviously a country which is in deep economic struggle and um she's obviously entire had, ecosystems <laughs> are collapsing obviously she had lots of hardships you know in a, in a beautifully rich family in sweden in one of the countries that is voted one of the nicest places to live and does a lot in terms of saving the environment uh, exactly. but, but but you've you've stole you've stolen her childhood We've stolen her childhood, and there are entire ecosystems collapsing. Exactly, we're we're at the we're in the beginning of a mass extinction. <laughs> <laughs> it's all so ridiculous watching. Like when I was just watching her talk, I actually I made a meme about her because she just inspired it right out of me. I was just like, wow, I'm glad that she's passionate about something. You know, I I believe that when people are passionate, they need to be getting out there and doing things. Yeah. But I just don't feel like what she is doing, which is being carted around by a bunch of adults who are essentially exploiting her. Yeah. Um, to pander to the feelings of of people in all these different countries. She's being used. When I when I look, you know, when I really break it down, I can have my issues with her that I have, but she is being used by the adults yeah, around her. Definitely. And it's really sad. Yeah. And this kind of harkens back to like David Hogg and you know all those teenagers that were being used during other you know events that took place but it's kind of really sad to see. Yeah. So I mean I this is how I referred to her in in the last podcast that I recorded. I said that she's sort of a, a puppet of the alarmist brand of climate change people who who essentially completely exaggerate the situation. I mean, let's be honest. Climate change is real. I don't think there's many people who deny that. Um right. It's it's been happening since the beginning of the universe. That's that's just a scientific yes. fact. It, uh, it's a cycle. Yeah, it's it's a cycle. Um yeah. there are natural forces. Sure, you could make the argument that humans are speeding it up. I I wouldn't completely disagree with you there, but like <laughs> completely exaggerating and saying that the world's going to end in like 10 20 years i don't know what they're even saying now they keep changing as as years go by like some people would say a few years ago that the year the world's gonna end now and then then now yes. they say in, in the next few years we've always been <laughs> in some sort of impending doom yeah of, of exactly like complete collapse exactly so it's it's no. like it's it's all you're doing is spreading misinformation and you're making especially little kids who are inspired by you you're you're putting fear in them because they don't they don't have the ability to go out and look for the facts and feel comforted by what's actually happening because i mean in comparison to what what we're being told is happening if you look at the actual facts uh you will feel very comforted exactly so. and you know actually when i was um on, like learning about greta apparently she be started becoming passionate about climate change back when she was eight but i'm sorry like you don't understand the world you don't even understand yourself or your <laughs> your immediate household when you're eight yeah. let alone have the capacity to understand climate change and and how society as a whole needs to make changes yeah so i feel like this probably started as a pet project with her parents <laughs> and they sort of planted the seed at a very young age and have kind of let it get wildly out of control <laughs> um and she and you're right she is creating mass hysteria for young people her age who literally think that they won't have a planet to live on yeah. because we're just doing such a bad job taking care of it so it's it's really sad for me to just sort of see all of this happening yeah for sure i mean somewhat comforting to me though because um not 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 her obviously um that people uh so uh, like i said i i'm in 12th grade mm -hmm. and everyone in my class is pretty much everyone in my class makes fun of her all the time so <laughs> it's like in 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 every lesson whenever something happens we're like how dare you it's it's, it's absolutely hilarious <laughs> I think I think everyone, even people central and and sort of even some left leaning people, think that maybe Greta 
and everything going on with Greta is going a little too far. Too extreme, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like you said, she's passionate and it is admirable mm-hmm. at her age to be like so committed to a cause and, you know, spend time on it and actually, because I mean, okay, she's vegan. She she didn't fly to, to uh, give the UN speech. She went on a boat, whatever. I mean, may, maybe it's it's like, it's not absolutely necessary, but at least it shows that she probably does have a genuine concern for the environment. Uh, even yeah. even if she even if it's misdirected, even if it's uh, fueled by sure. wrong information, it it still is there. So having those kinds of people is important, but people like her need to really redirect their their passion and make sure that they're actually doing something for for the world. Because as such passionate people, they do have the ability to influence people. So instead of trying to scare people. I mean, there's so many things that she could do that directly help the environment and inspire people to directly help the environment. Uh, yes. I, I guess you could say her, her, her protests or whatever are spreading awareness, but really they're, they're trying to depict this doomsday situation where you're, well, you, yes. you, you are inspiring some people, okay? You're getting some people on board. But at the same time, you're making some people completely scared, uh, even the people who are on board. And you're also... Uh, making people who see through your ridiculous extremism and say, you know what, screw her. I'm 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 gonna do a couple things that are actually not great for the environment just to piss people like her off. And even yes. though that's not the best way of thinking, it happens. Like we can't deny it happens. It definitely happens. I see it all the time with friends. It, it, I mean, it. You can kind of understand that feeling because when people are going so hysterically to one side, all it does is push people. To, the to other their, way. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. Uh, as the left gets more extreme or as the right gets more extreme, either way, the other side gets pushed further to the, to their... Uh, yeah, it's sort of a squeeze. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like what The way that they're handling everything right now is not inspiring the highest number of people to make a real change. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, you know, why are we not... Like, look at Scott Pressler, okay? Scott Pressler just did, uh, like, a huge Baltimore cleanup thing, you know? And I know this doesn't have anything to do with climate change per se, but he 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 said, you know what? There's, there's something that can be done. Let's rally together and let's do this big thing. Yeah. And so why, why can we not do the same thing for climate change? Why is it always doomsday stuff? Why is it always let's scare everyone into either completely thinking that I'm a basket case or (laughs) into actually making change. So the whole way that they're going about it, like you said, it's, it's instilling fear in people. It's not inspiring people to actually make any, any good uh, changes in their lifestyle. I don't see big initiatives about like planting more trees. Um, You know, there's just so many other things that could be done and I, what I'm really interested to see is I'm really interested to see how Greta's stance or how her behavior changes over the next several years. Yeah. Because according to her, everything's kind of going <laughs> to, you know, well, everything's going to collapse in the next couple of years if we don't do something. So I, I'm interested to kind of sit back and see as she gets older and wiser, like how how her mentality changes, how her behavior changes. I guess we'll see, you know, it's one of those things that we can only watch unfold. Definitely. Uh, One of the theories that I've heard for the the purpose of this alarmist extremist brand of fighting against climate change, supposedly fighting against climate change, is that these people have ulterior motives. And, and, And I mean, that's fairly obvious, but specifically... The policies that they propose, uh, elected officials who are pushing to fight against climate change, I mean, obviously, to some extent, it's good that they do. But mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're pushing so far, uh, when they're proposing ridiculous things, what you see actually is they're trying to expand the power of the state in the guise of fighting climate change. So they're trying to attract yes. people by saying, hey, uh, all we're doing is helping the climate, but we're going to need a shit ton of your money, uh, your hard-earned money. We're, we're going to need um, your your individual rights. I exactly. mean, it, it's just a slippery mm-hmm. slope. You keep taking things uh, from them uh, under the yeah, guise you of, you know, you're, you're, you're helping, you're helping the, the climate. When, when in reality, you're, you're just making the government larger and larger so that it can make your life worse and worse. Exactly. And that's exactly how it always happens. And you know, they're really trying to pander to people's emotions and 
it's been to me it seems like emotional warfare yeah lately in the last year and a half especially all of the extremists are trying to pick like you know pull on people's heartstrings they're trying to get emotional responses out of people well what's this you know what is this causing this is causing such a um emotional society where people are now fighting in the streets and we're on the verge of a possible you know civil war because we've really gotten people so upset about things yeah instead of being level-headed about anything and yeah they just want to grow the government they want more control <laughs> yeah and they're trying to trick people like you said under the guise that it's it's good for the environment exactly so it, it's it's kind of terrifying when you really look at it yeah but i'm, I'm, I'm of, glad like look at the number of people that are that are falling for it yeah but i i'm i'm still glad that that the vast majority of people aren't i mean it's yes. it's because because there's so many other things that you'd think would be winning issues and and would be easy for people to get support for uh, in terms of political issues that are completely split and you really wonder why, okay, why would people have this belief? But uh, at least with climate change, even though you would expect like people not to support this extreme brand of, of alarmism, uh, you, you never know in today's world what they could and could not support. So it's, yeah, that's true. It, it's somewhat comforting that that it's not at least a, the, the vast majority of people. Because especially if you see in my school where you have the majority of teachers and students, they're left wing and they still see through this <laughs> BS. So it's, it's, it's somewhat relieving. Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I mean, you know, we haven't lost the bulk of society yet, but yeah. it, it still is very scary how, it is, much, it is. how much we do see. Yeah, because because I mean, people would say the same thing about like illegal immigration a few years ago. I mean, most Democrats were were ardently against it, but now you have a majority of Democrats and a majority of Democratic voters who who like literally want to open the borders. It's not even a straw man in, anymore. So I don't know if I'm jinxing it in terms of climate change. Will <laughs> the majority of people be um, extremists and alarmists a, a few years to come? I don't know. I hope. I really hope not. But <laughs> I hope not. I yeah. hope it doesn't get that bad. Yeah. I think that we need a Trump win. Um, and then, you know, I'm hoping that they just sort of feel defeated enough that everybody just calms the heck down yeah. about a lot of things. Because, man, it's been it's been a very wild, fiery ride the yeah. last two years. Definitely. It's it's really crazy. But I, I don't I don't know how, how much Trump's reelection is going to stop that or just fuel the fire even more. So. Well, you know, it, at first it'll inspire the right and we'll we'll have our celebrations and whatnot. But then how much more of this liberal like lying and scandals um, are we going to are we going to try to see? before he is just done with his presidency completely. You know, if he wins again, he's got four more years. And then is it going to be turmoil the whole time again? <laughs> I don't I don't know if we can handle it again. Yeah. It's, it's too much. The witch hunt, all of it. So, like, these whistleblowers going on yeah. right now, it's just... I really sit back sometimes and read through, like, the current events happening or the current news cycle and... I'm just blown away by how much crap is getting away, like they're getting away with. Yeah. And I, I don't see, I don't see it changing. I see them getting even more angry if he wins again. Yeah. I mean, and then I, I have we continue well. four more years of, of more scandalous and trying to get him out of office impeachment yeah. proceedings and all of that. So, so do, do you think common culture, because obviously common culture has been uh, shifting to the left for quite a long time now, and common cultural standards, acceptable standards in, in terms of, you know, uh, like social conduct and even in, in work and things like that, it's it's mainly left wing. Do, mm-hmm. do you think it's shifting? Do you think it's turned around and it, it might become more more right wing in the years to come? Or is it just going to go further and further left? I don't know. Um, Honestly, like coming out as conservative to people around me in society has been very difficult. Yeah, I have I have completely lost friendships 
long-term yeah, friendship. Same here. Um, just just by stating that I support Donald Trump. And here's the thing: I'm not a Trump loyalist. Okay, yeah. when he, especially when he was talking about bump stock bans, you know, possible discussions about red flag laws i i remained very critical of him during that time yeah that's good. um as i will because i'm a constitutionalist but just showing any support for him or the right whatsoever has lost me a lot of friendships i have had to be very careful in my place of employment a, a lot of people and i don't really like bringing up identity politics a lot because it's i feel like it's a very discussed topic already yeah. but a lot of people believe that right now coming out as conservative is harder than coming out as gay yeah. and i'd say I, mean, I, I can totally see that yeah, i can totally see why yeah especially yeah. in the u.s you know the climate is sort of like okay all progressive let's uh, uh, inclusivity for everyone except if you support donald trump you are definitely a racist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are definitely a white supremacist you're definitely a racist um if you're Republican or wear a MAGA hat or whatever. Yeah. So the the whole the whole climate has been very volatile and yeah. kind of scary. Um I know that for a while I didn't always want to wear like any MAGA gear when I would go out because you know, I, I live in Alaska, right? Mm -hmm. Alaska is sort of split down the middle. I know it's considered a red state, yeah. but there are a lot of leftists here. <laughs> and um so there were there were a lot of times when I just kind of didn't want to wear any of my Republican gear, my MAGA gear, for fear of just any type of drama whatsoever. But, you know, over time, I've kind of like, you know, this is who I am. This yeah. is me. And if somebody really wants to physically assault me over something that I'm wearing, well, then I guess I'll cross that bridge when I come to it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I do think that you're right. I, I, I hope that in the next couple of years, like it becomes more acceptable to be different. Cause right now, like for example, this week, Ellen DeGeneres came out yeah. and she was like, yeah, I sat next to George Bush at the game and that's because we're friends and no, we don't agree on everything, but we are friends and it's important to have friends who maybe you don't share some of the same ideals with. And while I, I don't really necessarily like Ellen all that much, yeah. I appreciated the message that she was trying to portray because I think right now our society could really use it. Yeah, definitely. So I hope that we can get back to the days where people either could just accept each other's differences respectfully or just decide, you know what, you and I are never going to get along. We don't need to be friends. But all of this, you know, uh, Antifa, Proud Boys, like, let's let's go beat each other up over this stuff. That's, I'm really hoping we get away from that. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll always exist in the sense there's always going to be a bunch of crazy people, but, oh, always. but we just got to hope it's not a mainstream thing because Antifa is almost becoming a mainstream support. Even if it's not mainstream as in like everyone's uh, Antifa, you, you still have mm -hmm. quite a loud group of people and quite a large group of people that does support Antifa. And that's, yes. that's quite saddening. So you're still going to have Antifa crazies and sure enough, fine. I mean, when, when they're getting There's arrested, always going to be the extremists on both sides. Yeah, definitely. That, you're never going to get exactly. away from that. Yeah, so, but, but the thing is, extremists on one side, on the, uh, on the right, I mean, you can't really say white supremacists are on the right, but since traditionally it's associated that way, let's just assume that is the yeah. case. Um, so if that is the case, you, you have... Uh, like your David Dukes and your your uh, Richard, whatever the hell his name was, I forgot. <laughs> I don't uh, really care much, but you have them and they're condemned thoroughly by everyone as they should be. I mean, like yes. white nationalists, ethnic nationalists, white supremacists, they should be condemned. Their idea is their ideas are ridiculous. They're toxic. They're they're sickening. They're not helpful to yeah. society whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. So. I absolutely agree. They should be condemned to, to the fullest extent possible. But similarly, crazies on the left aren't really being condemned to the same extent, especially especially on the mainstream media. And and that's really where the problem lies, that extremism on the left, while it isn't completely supported, it, it isn't entirely condemned to the extent it's that it It's still more be. widely accepted. Yeah. yeah. It's still somewhat accepted. And 
Yeah, it, it is a problem, um, especially when, you know, we, we were talking about social media and politogram and, and like shadow banning, um, you know, those people are, are still allowed to portray their information or their message on their platform while people who are maybe not even as extreme on the right and just have like slightly controversial views are completely being shut down. Yeah. So there is a really big unbalance right now of who's able to be visible and what messages are able to be visible to society. And right now it's very, very left leaning. And I think a big part of, of the climate right now is universities because right now universities are, are pumping out leftist ideals like factories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I attended university of Houston and okay. I, I remember several of my teachers being very, very staunch leftists and pretty much finding ways to bring their viewpoints into their lessons at every opportunity that they could. Mm. And so it, it's a really difficult climate for young people right now because while they want to trust the people they have around them as mentors, but maybe they also have their own ideals of like how things should be. That's why I think organizations like PragerU um, and Turning Point are, you know, I mean, they have their own issues, but I, I think that they're good at reaching people. So I'm hoping that more organizations can continue to find those kids in universities who maybe want to have much more deeper discussions yeah and and help those help those people yeah because it's not really fair right now to live in a society where i cannot even go out in public and and publicly support my president yeah without being worried that someone's going to physically assault me yeah for sure and you know as a as a woman like i i'm always carrying Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, you know in alaska sure. you know you should always are, are you there, should always carry regardless are there uh how are the laws there very lax okay. um alaska has some of the most lenient gun laws uh i do not have to have i, I have a license but i don't have to have a license mm-hmm. in order to carry in the state of alaska but yeah personal safety everyone needs to take personal safety very seriously yeah you know but like i said it, it's really sad that i cannot go out in public comfortably and wear like a Trump 2020 shirt yeah, without for fear that someone's going to assault me in some way. And, and that is, we, we've come around to a really sad place in society where that's, that's what's happening. Definitely. So anyway, uh, we've been talking for a long time. It's been great having you on. We discussed a lot of topics, which I think are completely relevant. So it would be a pleasure having you on the podcast uh, for a second appearance. Yeah. Thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. I had a great time doing it and uh, hopefully we can do this again pretty soon. For sure. Thank you. So anyway, that'll do it for us today at the sign of the dollar. Thank you for listening.